Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. Here with the only two twins that don't give a shit if there's big jellyfish in the water, they're going to sting them. They're going to go in anyway. Fuck out my water, jellyfish. You gotta love the water. You gotta love it. Gotta love it when there's no jellyfish in it. We're gonna get into jellyfish, and we're gonna get into our sleepers, our overvalued, our undervalued, and our busts. Really early in the season. Fantasy football is back. The Brodo Fantasy Podcast is back, and we're coming at you right now. So let me put you in a scenario. I'm in Malaga, in the south of Spain. Portuguese man of war. You ever seen this shit? Yeah, it's like a blue. It looks like a kaleidoscope of jellyfish all in together at one. I think that's an exaggeration. Yo, this jellyfish is giant. No, I know. They're serious. This is crazy. It has a mohawk. It's like a it's mohawk jellyfish. It doesn't even look like a regular serious. jellyfish. Look at it. Like, Look it up. It's no, crazy. No, I know. They're, they're... So I was I looking at pictures of him today. And it turns out, I think I got bit by a Portuguese jellyfish in the south of Spain about 100 miles from Portugal. Good. I mean, all you, you have is a it, picture kid. and, like, one Google search, and now you're telling us you got bit. Nah, it's more than... You got stung <laughs> by, like, a fucking deadly jellyfish. It is just one picture and a Google search. More than Sorry, more than kid. one Google search, and it's three pictures. Michael, did he get stung by one? Eh, it's debatable. <laughs> Yo, I had a scar for three months, bro. That shit's... It, it honestly felt like someone tased me. It was crazy. And now there's and now there's these little tiny dime size jellyfish in the water in Jersey. We're in New York. We swim in Jersey all the time. Shout out to Highlands, New Jersey. We probably talk about Highlands all the time. We used to go there. My 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 grandparents used to summer there, and we used to go there all the time. We still go there, even though the, my grandparents are R.I.P. But yo, what's up with that? You're still going in the water? Because I'm not I'm not trying to yes, get stung by a little jellyfish. Water. No, Timmy, the jellyfish man. are south of where we are. I can tell you so many names right now, but I'm not going <laughs> to Well, you've never experienced this. So you don't know. I've been stung by jellyfish. We all have. Not a man of war. Not, not a little, big fucking Not by a self-proclaimed fine, man of war. <laughs> self-proclaimed. I'm a, I'm the man the, of war proclaimed himself a man of war? I'm going to get some proof, and I'm going to post it. But before that, after, actually after that, if we're going in sequential order, today we have some people for you that are being overdrafted right now, also people who are being underdrafted, and of course, we're giving you sleepers and busts as well. Now, this is very early, so we're going to keep it to around two people each. We do also have some honorable mentions each, so two people in each category, so we're going to give you 24 names today to keep a look, an eye at, an eye on, excuse me, and then we're going to give you some more names, so like 32 or so names where you can really uh, start researching about these players and see how you feel about them. We feel a certain way about them. Some so, type of way. Yeah, so let's get started right off the bat. Let's start positive. How do you guys feel about that? Positive? Sure. I just want to say that's a good disclaimer because it's early. And there's only two guys we can talk about. There's other guys. We could have done a 10-hour podcast. Yeah, we could have. When I was doing research for this, I was just like, wow. Dude, there's so many undervalued people this year, I feel I like. I got home from work. I went to Jason. I said, oh, my God, I don't know who... I'm supposed to highlight because I have so many people I want to talk about. Yeah, and it's he's like, we got time before the season, bro. We got time before. It's the true, season. and we will talk about more of it. And there's so many factors. Like, is Andrew Luck gonna play? If Andrew Luck plays, there's so much more of a possibility for these Colts to do something. All of a sudden, Marlon Mack, I have I, him. I think I hope he plays, so you guys can draft the Colts players. What? I'm not buying the Colts. Why are you not buying the, with Andrew Luck? No. Yo. The entire you have division been a- is so much better than it was when Andrew Luck was running it. So? What's he going to do against the Jaguars D? This turnover-prone caveman. who Turnover-prone? Two years. Turnover-prone. Yes. His TD to, to interception ratio is... One year. Fantastic. No, it was one year. Or He's never thrown more than 12 interceptions. Don't even worry about looking it up. I've just looked it up. Oh. That's right. Burr. I did. <laughs> All right. Anyway, guys, let's start yeah, with let's our... Let's see how he fares against though. the Jags. This let's, guy's throwing t- real pop corner footballs. Uh, real quick baseball tidbit because I just tweeted our Brodo ranking. So Twitter was open. And the Yankees just set the record for the most home runs ever in the first half. Oh, I was waiting to hear that the Yankees traded for Manny Machado or some shit. Pretty cool. No. All right, so now that we're talking about <laughs> baseball, and if you, if you don't know, we're putting out two episodes. This is our busy time. 
football starting up, baseball still here. Twins are on the baseball tip because I, if I'm just being honest, I can't t- keep up with it every day. This is not my thing. But the Twins are, that is definitely their thing. Fantasy football, on the other hand, we're going to be here for you all. The, the trio is going to be here for you. So let's get started, trio. Oh, oh. Let's start with Michael, since you are seem to be excited about this. Let's, let's start this. with your first undervalued player. Undervalued? Yes. All right. My first undervalued player is Devontae Freeman. Okay, so he's going around pick, uh, I mean, uh, round two, pick eight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, his ADP is around 18 to 20-ish, so around like six, eight, which is just mind-boggling to me because he's consistently great, and he's just consistently not treated as if he was great. Two years ago in 2016, he had 1,500 yards total from scrimmage and 13 touchdowns. It It was a ridiculous season. Last year, he played in 14 games. He ended with 1,180 total yards and eight touchdowns in what seems to be a down year from him. Like, Devontae Freeman Omers were upset about 1,100, over 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns, and he missed two games. So even though it wasn't number one running back numbers, like Todd Gurley numbers, it was still great numbers. And he was 20th in the league in carries. He turned that into 18th in rush yards. He was 23rd in running back targets. He turned that into 19th. Uh, in running back receiving yards. So he exceeded expectations with the work he was given. He averaged four and a half yards per carry, which is very good. He was 11th in evaded tackles last year. So, I mean, I don't know what more I have to say about Devontae Freeman. I think work is where people are worried about it. I I would agree. He had five games of the 14 he played last year of 12, more than 12 rushing attempts. It's not a lot. Are you confident that Steve Sarkeesian fits him kind of into the office more than he did last year? Um, I mean, he should. I feel like the the Falcons are a really good team, so I feel like they'll be up. I think they're going to win their division this year, so I think they're going to be winning a lot of games, which means a lot more running as well. The Saints are going to win the division, bro. We'll see about that. I'm a big fan of the Falcons this year. Well, either way, you could also look at it on the flip side and say he barely got work last year and he ended with a line 1,108. Yeah. And it was tech, people want to say it was a down year, as if he wasn't a beast. Really, like when you come to think of it, after total yards, and what what was his? Uh, I think he ended he ended as a top twelve running back last year, in PPR half PPR and standard. So I mean, going running back. If you're going running back in the second round, I'm taking the other. You can get a. DJ Freeman combo. Yeah, which is glorious. That would be fantastic. Dude, if you have like the second pick, because some people just sleep on all these guys, if you could get like Gurley, DJ Bell, one of those guys, Freeman, and then Jordan Howard too. I was going to say, you could get like a Bell-Freeman-Howard combo. You're set for life. <laughs> all right, Jason, so what are you feeling like? I'm also going to go with a running back that's being drafted high, but not high enough. Can we give some love to my man, Melvin Gordon? Please. The number one knock against this guy is what? Hate Melvin That it's Gordon. all volume-based, right? That he's not good. It's just volume. But what's fantasy all about? Volume. Volume. Light volume bulb. is king. So the number one complaint about this guy is that it's too good for fantasy football. This guy gets so much work. The number one thing for football. Like, that's that's not a complaint. I don't... All right, he's not that efficient with it. But he's still going to keep getting work. And it's not like he's not putting up amazing numbers. Two years ago in 2016, 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns. Last year, 1,600 yards, 12 touchdowns. His receptions increased from 41 to 58. Not to mention Anthony Lynn is a defensive-minded head coach. And he likes to run the ball. And he even said when Hunter Henry went down with an injury that Melvin Gordon would be filling in a lot, trying having to catch the ball more and run the ball more near the goal line. There's literally nothing here that says he's going to end with anything less than 1,512. You know, it's funny. I don't understand why people are so sour on Melvin Gordon all of a sudden. I think it's because the the running backs this year. His lack of skill. If you're looking at the running backs this year, though, there's a lot of talent. I feel like even the running backs and wide receivers, less, than the, less with the quarterbacks this year. I feel like the quarterback talent is not as rich as it once was. That's crazy. I think it's the quarterbacks are, I think, Super 2 through deep. 20 yeah. or Almost the same player. As what, number one? No, two through 20. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is the number That's one. what I'm saying. Cause so when you have two through 20 as the same player, 
the elite quarterbacks are kind of fading and it's more like the entire pack kind of has a shot at it. So I feel like, but this year there's 12 running backs, maybe even 14 running backs that I want. And there's seven wide receivers that if I take them in the first round, I'm happy. Yeah, but Melgo's going behind a few of those wide receivers. That's what I'm saying. So I don't understand why Melgo is not getting the... Maybe it's because there's so many more options. I'm not going to hate on just under I'm not going to hate on Julio Jones. The guy's a stud. But Julio Jones is not going to get you 12 touchdowns. But Julio Jones was wide receiver five last year despite having three touchdowns. He's not going to score three touchdowns again. He's going to have six if he's lucky. And that's that's huge. What do Especially you mean? if Matt Ryan only scores 20 again. Melvin um, Gordon has 12 and Hunter Henry's gone now. And so is Antonio Gates. This is all true. Let's go with the running back. You guys talked about my favorite is Jordan Howard. We're uh, all going Jordan high Howard. running backs. Yeah. I mean, look, second round, eighth pick is where Jordan Howard's going. Really around the Don- Devontae Freeman uh, range. Howard's slightly lower than Freeman. Slightly. Like very, very slightly. If I am in the first round and I can get a top four pick and get one of the crazy running backs where you have David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley, and then I could come back on the all the way around and pick up Jordan Howard in a new high-powered offense. And yes, you know what? Tariq Cohen will probably get more work. And yes, Allen Robinson is there now. And yes, they're going to throw the ball more. None of this is bad for Jordan Howard. He found a way to get nine touchdowns on a team that literally ran a 1999 offense last year. John Fox. Dude, Jordan Howard... Ended as a top 12 running back in PPR league despite not catching, like, any passes. He had 23 catches. All and he year. probably won't catch any passes either. I'm not. That's not stopping me from taking him with my second-round pick. He's also super effective as a shotgun. They're expected yeah. to run shotgun. It's not like Zeke catches more many passes. That's very true. So if you're going to use that argument, then how are you going to take Zeke with the fourth pick? It's because he's... It, Jordan Howard has the ability to be Zeke this year. I, if, you, if he put up better numbers than Zeke, would you be, like, super shocked? Super shocked? No, I'd be a little shocked. Of course you'd be shocked. <laughs> now, that's why they're going in different rounds. But this is the type of pick but that it's possible. you could pick him in the late second round, and you can pair him with one of those giant, like, big dicks, and just have the giantest set of dick and balls that you could possibly have. And what I find crazy, too, is that there's so many analysts this year so high on the Bears as, like, being this year's Rams, that they're just going to turn it around and possibly make a playoff run. And everyone thinks the Cowboys are going to suck because they don't have anybody except Zeke. But they're not taking that into account at all either. Like the new positive game script for Chicago is going to help Howard tremendously. And Zeke, Zeke, I can't talk bad about Zeke. He's just going to be fed ridiculously. But I mean, the Bears should be better this year, which means more playing time for Howard We all know how good Andy Reid running backs are. That's what I was going to say. Matt Nagy's coming from there. Matt Nagy's coming from a system where running backs were absolutely the... Prime, I don't want to say difference makers, but the center of the offense. Yeah, because even Kareem Hunt, in all those years, Jamal Charles, it's like a 70-30 split. It's not like they're super workhorses, even 60-40 sometimes. But Jay Howe's going to get his work on the ground, and Cohen's going to get work through the air. Cohen can probably be a flex play I agree. throughout the year. He, he could be one of those good best ball type of guys, I, think, I feel like Terry Cohen could be. Yeah, PPR, too, he's definitely... More. But yeah, I'm loving the running back value this year. Yeah, running back value is really high. And I would not be... I would love to take three running backs, honestly. Same. First three picks. If I, and you know what? Well, this will lead into something else a little later. But Jordan Howard is one of those guys where we were setting this up in the group chat. All three of us were like, yo, we want Jordan Howard on this one. and Because yo, imagine you have a chance, and Jason's not going to like this as much as Michael might like this. Uh-oh. But if you have a chance to get Uh-oh. like David Johnson, Jordan Howard, Christian McCaffrey. Oh. I actually think that the wide receiver pool is super deep this year. So it is. That's I'm, another... I'm usually a zero RB type of guy. I, I I don't think I'm going to do that this year. That's another reason because I want one of the top running backs on my team. If you're picking in the fourth round, you that still have your pick me. of like Golden Tate. That upsets me because I always relied on Michael to take wide receivers. So I would be like, you know what? I'm going to get the running back I want because Michael's going to take AJ Green here. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Now I know he's going for running backs and it's going to be tougher. It's going to be interesting in our in our league this year to see who gets picks where because I think it's a big difference yeah. this year. I've always been a running back guy. I can't wait till someone drafts Derrick Henry in like the third round. Uh, we're, I'm going to talk about Derrick Henry actually uh, <laughs> shortly. Um, but let's go to let's go to our second undervalued guy. We're going to stay positive for right now. So so far uh, we got three guys. Michael, who's the fourth? My second undervalued guy dun, dun, dun. is Alshon Jeffrey. Hmm. I agree undervalued. Here. Okay. I agree here. I do. He's, I like his, his value. ADP is fifty-two, so you're getting him in like the early fifth round, which 
this is a guy I think could easily be a top 12 wide receiver this year. Last year, he played 13 games at once. With Foles, the whole Eagles offense was kaput for the last three weeks until the playoffs started, and then they went off because they changed everything. But his first seven games of Carson Wentz off his injury and off uh, changing new teams and Carson Wentz blossoming, first seven games, he had 26 receptions, 354 yards, and two touchdowns. Not great. Obviously not what people are expecting out of him. And then the last six games of Carson Wentz, he had 26 receptions, 378 yards, and six touchdowns. He had more yards, triple the touchdowns, same amount of receptions in one last game. If you take the last six games, you put it on a one-game uh, as a per-game basis, that's 16 touchdowns, obviously not going to happen, but 1,000 yards and 69 catches, which I expect him to grow from this year as well. Uh, Carson Wentz isn't going to be able to be as mobile as he is in the beginning of the year. Alshon Jeffrey was growing a rapport with him as the year went on last year, and I think it's very capable of him to go 1,110 this year. I agree. He healthy. That's another reason he's the type of guy that you can get in the fourth round, and you're okay with him being your number one receiver. If that, Guess where if that he pans ended out. last year in wide receivers, what ranking? Where? Even in a down year. In a down like year? 22nd. 800 yards, nine touchdowns, wide receiver 15. Yeah, I was going to say 14 or so. Exactly. You're, he's yeah. like... Um, if he could stay healthy, he's almost a His catch a rate last year was 48%. That's bottom 20% in the league. This guy wasn't even catching the balls thrown to him. I mean, there's a lot. Th- I'm saying that as a positive thing. Yeah. In the be- like, it's going to go up. I remember in the beginning of the year, too, Alshon Jeffrey was a special case where he was getting crazy corners. Like, he was drawing the number one corner of teams with very good corners. So that also might have something to do with it. Also, if I remember correctly, he also had a lot of opportunities like around the end zone where just they either just missed or there was a pass interference, stuff like that. He was 12th in the NFL in end zone target share. Right, there you go. So I, I remember correctly. So there you go. So Alshon, I, I agree. I think Alshon Jeffrey, although the, the thing with those stats is you could twist them. You could say, oh, look at how many opportunities he missed as he's going to miss more opportunities. Or you could say, look at the opportunities he got and he's a good enough player to get those opportunities back. I think if you're talking about Alshon Jeffrey, you're talking about getting those opportunities back. Jason, who's your second undervalued my player? second undervalued guy. Probably a guy I'm going to be drafting in all my leagues because I could get him with my last pick, and it's unbelievable because he's going to be my starting quarterback, Alex <laughs> Smith. This guy isn't even being drafted, basically. Like, what did he do last year to not get any love? Go twenty six and five or whatever he did and game throw manager. for four thousand yards. All right, fine. Game manager, say it all you want. Jay Gruden's offense is one that likes to pass a lot and likes to set quarterbacks up for success. We saw what Kirk Cousins did in that offense. He didn't throw to wide receivers. He threw to tight ends. He threw to running backs. Those players are still there. Jamison Crowder was a top wide receiver in the league and creating separation. And Alex Smith is a top quarterback in the league at throwing to receivers who are open. So he doesn't throw receivers open. He throws to receivers that are open. You get what I'm saying? I got I'm you. being clear? Yes. So Jamison Crowder is tops in the league in that. That They're going to fit each other perfectly. Chris Thompson, we saw what he can do out of the backfield. Two years ago, the Redskins had the second most passing yards in the league. Last year was 12th. It was a little lower. And don't forget how many offensive line injuries and how many offensive yes. player injuries they had last year. Not to mention... Kirk Cousins had four, four, and five touchdowns rushing in the last three seasons. Mm. They've had like some drawn-up rushing plays for Cousins. It's it's something Jay Gruden does. And we're talking about Alex Smith here. He's a more athletic player. He's had multiple rushing touchdowns in two of the last three seasons and 355 rushing yards or more in the last in two of the last three seasons. And he just had one of the better teams in the AFC, and they kicked him to the curb. you got to feel like there's some kind of chip on his shoulder as well. But it's also This is an opportunity for 4,000 passing yards. 400 rushing yards, four rushing touchdowns, 25 passing touchdowns. That's a top eight quarterback. I feel like that's on the low end as well. I feel like you can give him a couple I'm more a rushing generous. touchdowns. No, I feel like you're not being generous. I'm being a little, yes, uh, opposite of generous. Yeah, opposite of generous. You're being a little cheap. Stingy. Yeah. There you go. You know, you know all about being stingy. <laughs> <laughs> I also, but it's also his first season with Jay Gruden there, which you got to take into account a little bit. I know this is Alex Smith is a vet, man. In 2014, Jay Gruden's first year in Washington, this is when they had RG3, Kirk Cousins, and Colt McCoy all start games. So it's a little tough to compare, but they had 18 touchdowns and 18 interceptions that year combined. That's different. Gruden's first year in the league, too, though. Different. It is different. That's why I'm saying it's tough to compare. But Smith is a vet. They the just combined, in- they also had 
over 4,000 passing yards. They just so. brought in Paul Richardson to try to be the Tyreek Hill in that offense, and they gave him a lot of money. Give him a so. lot of money. That's Jordan a guy Reed is still there. That's a guy who's not even being drafted and right like now. And like you said, Jake Cohen's offense is a guaranteed 4,000 yards passing. It is. Especially just, just out of the backfield. No, I'm with you here. Just I, out of the backfield I think is 2,000. Smith is being super undervalued. I'm all aboard. I mean, w- me and you, Timmy, not so much, are always on the draft QB's late train. I'm all aboard that train this year. I feel like you could just wait till the last round and have your pick. 100%. I feel unless you're unless you're going after Aaron Rodgers or Carson Wentz, in my opinion. I won't be doing that this year. I think you're not reaching either. I think you wait. The, usually, I'm a draft a quarterback around a sixth, seventh round kind of guy. I don't see myself doing that this year either. Um my second player is Marquise Goodwin. Uh, he's being drafted with the second pick in the eighth round right now. Listen, guys, I know Pierre Garçon's coming back, but you cannot underestimate the fact that Goodwin made a report with Jimmy Garoppolo. And even when Jimmy Garoppolo was not the quarterback in San Francisco, guess what? Marquise Goodwin had over six targets in 10 of 16 games. He had over 10 targets in three games. Two of those came with Garoppolo. In his games with Garoppolo, he had 6, 8, 12, 13, 6, and finally 4 um, targets. Now, obviously, you're not liking the 4, but he was also super involved in those games. His catches, 4, 8, 6, 10, 3, 2. His yards, he went over he went 80 yards or over 4 of the last 6 games with Garoppolo. He has built a rapport. He made himself into a very good player last year, and you cannot underestimate the rapport that they're going to have together. If you're getting a guy in the eighth round that has the ability to be a wide receiver too, I don't know why you would not jump on that completely. I absolutely love Marquise Goodwin. I'm with you on this 100%. He's, I have him in the same undervalued spot as you do. And I think too many people are taking Pierre Garçon and just putting him on this pedestal as if he's not some average ball player. Like, I know he's been super consistent his whole career, but he's an average He was a player. solid wide receiver three without Jimmy G last year. That's why. But he's also hurt all the time, and he just keeps getting older and keeps getting more hurt. I'm, I'm all over Marquise Goodwin where he's going right now. I would love to grab him in the seventh or eighth round. If you're one of those people looking at who's a player that I could draft late that maybe his teammate might get injured and it'll open up a bigger door for him, I think Marquise Goodwin is one of those people. Even if his teammate no, doesn't Goodwin get injured, will have a role. I think that's more of a, a Trent Taylor. His role will expand though. I think if if Garcon gets injured. Oh, of course. So that's what I'm saying. If you if you want a guy who's going to have a good role, plus maybe an expanded role when an oft-injured teammates gets injured, it's not a bad idea. I have some honorable mention here. Um, Ty Montgomery being drafted the seventh pick in the 10th round could be the workhorse again in Green Bay the exact same way he was in the beginning of the year. 10th round is a decent. 10th round is a good place to take a chance on that. Paul Richardson is currently not being drafted at all. Insane. Uh, is not being drafted. But Quincy Anunwa is not making $50 million. No, no, I'm, saying, I'm shouting out Quincy Anunwa as well. Let's not forget, Paul Richardson is kind of like a T- Tyreek Cohen, not as physically gifted. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, excuse me. not <laughs> Tyreek Hill, excuse me. Not as physically gifted, but kind of in that same breadth. And that's who Alex Smith liked to throw to last year. Alex Smith is known for, like, he, he could let some deep balls fly. He's accurate with the deep balls, so... Give that a chance. Sammy Watkins is being drafted with the fifth pick in the sixth round. Again, follow the money here. He's a fourth highest paid wide receiver. They're going to use him in that offense. And Devontae Parker, fourth pick in the ninth round. No more Landry. And Tannehill is back. He had a good rapport with Tannehill before Tannehill left. He fits into that number one slot. I know they signed Albert Wilson, but Albert Wilson hasn't been a great receiver in his time. And they thought Sammy Watkins was an upgrade over him. I think Devontae Parker has a chance to be one of the bigger sleepers of Here the draft go. right now going with the ninth, that. fourth Here pick in the go. ninth round. I knew, I knew one of Amendola's us was going to come in Devontae and do Parker the Landry trade. role. Albert Wilson's there. Kenny Stills is the deep guy. There's a lot of people there. Do you know what's missing in all that? A number one receiver. I'll Who bet you. says Devontae Parker's player. a go-to, though? I'll bet you Kenny Stills ends up more fancy. He's never been a go-to. Parker. I'll bet that. Cool. You get you write it down. If Amendola stays healthy, he's going to be number one. Dude, what was the bet last week? I forgot to write it down. Oh, <laughs> my God. This fucking guy. I told Christian him. Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Five touchdowns. Oh, Christian McCaffrey. Five touchdowns. Five and a half. Michael says Stills greater than Parker. Timmy denies. Oh, I'll take <laughs> that. I'll take the CMC under five and a half any day. So that'll be... That brings us right into our overvalued section. Players that are taking being taken way too early. So, Jason, since our seamless... Uh, 
transition here. What's a player that's being overvalued in your opinion? Hmm. I wonder what Jason. My good to talk about. <laughs> All right, so Christian McCaffrey, I have covered both grounds here: his rushing and receiving game. His rushing game. I decided to look at all of his rushes last season, every single one of them, and where they were located. And I decided to go look at Jonathan Stewart's rushes and see where they were located. And I'm using the 11-yard line here because for some reason, the Panthers ran a lot at the 11. I didn't want to do the 10 because I was going to leave some out. Jonathan Stewart last year had 23 rushes within the 11-yard line, 18 of which were within the 5-yard line. Christian McCaffrey had five rushes within the 11, two of which were within the 5. So, out of the 20 rushes within the five-yard line, Jonathan Stewart had 18, Christian McCaffrey had two. And we're also not mentioning Cam Newton's runs. So, this guy is not going to get you touchdowns rushing. Unless he breaks out a long one, he's not going to get you any rushing touchdowns. You can look at me like that. Oh, I'm ready. I'm going to get to receive him, all right? <laughs> and now C.J. Anderson's a better right. running back than Jonathan Stewart. That is no doubt about it. Better right. guy in who is going to have more success running into the end zone. So, Christian McCaffrey's going to have even less opportunities probably. Because Jonathan Stewart's not going to get stuffed at the one. C.J. Anderson isn't. So that covers the rushing game. No touchdown potential there. Now, receiving. No, he said no touchdown potential in the running I, game. I don't believe so. Aye, aye, aye. He's the third option. There's Cam Newton, C.J. Anderson, then McCaffrey. He's the third option on the goal line. Jay, yeah, he's the third option as the goal line back. You're not McCaffrey to be the goal line back. Okay, that's what I'm saying. His position's running back. I have to get to that first. All right. Now, wide receivers. Here we go. <laughs> I decided to look at games with and without Greg Olson. Right? Jason went in to shit on Big McCaffrey. part of that offense. Greg Olson played seven games last year. He even left early in some of those games. But I included them in the him playing game. I gave McCaffrey the benefit of the doubt. And then he played nine games without Greg Olson. So, let's go back to rushing real quick. McCaffrey had two rushing touchdowns last year. Again, no upside. When did they come? Both of them came when Greg Olson was injured. Again, he's a bigger part of the offense when Olson was out. Now receiving. With Greg Olson out, he had 44 receiving yards per game and four touchdowns in nine games. With Greg Olson in, 37 yards per game and one total touchdown. So, in conclusion... Christian McCaffrey played seven games last season with Greg Olson, who's healthy and is a big part of that offense, had one total touchdown in seven of those games with 37 receiving yards per game. And you guys say he's a receiver, right? He's not a running back. He's both. Are so you're looking for That's 37 yards <laughs> and one touchdown in seven games. Because he also led the team in receptions. He also... Was yes, but twenty two percent of the offense last year. Yeah, because Greg Olson was injured. They also just brought in DJ Moore. That they did. Which I'm going to talk about. A they brought later, in Torrey honestly. Smith. They brought in Torrey. They're bringing they're in more options. Ish. They brought in a better running back in CJ Anderson. Now let me ask you a question: Torrey Smith, DJ Moore. What do they do? I love CJ Anderson. What I do they do? Care what they, they do? What the do they do? They stretch the field. Who does that benefit? No, that's a bullshit answer. It's Olson. not. It it benefits guys Greg like Olson. Greg Olson and C- CMC, especially when he's getting. Passes out of the backfield. There's no reason to think that he was so effective last year that they would so back effective. off on that. He was he was 20, he wasn't efficient. He was twenty percent of their offense. You want to talk about volume based? He wasn't, he wasn't very McCaffrey is volume based. He was efficient in the air. He wasn't efficient on the ground. But that's why you get C.J. Anderson. If you are drafting CMC as or you think he's going to get fifteen carries a game, you're bugging. No, you're but not. It's, it's not. It's not crazy to think that he's going to see 15 touches a game. That's not crazy. You're not concerned that in seven games with Greg Olson, he had one touchdown? No. That's crazy. I'm not concerned because Greg Olson is that risk, though. And also, this offense will look different. Why do you... Why it's not going to look different. We know what the Panthers' offense is. No, because now they could stretch the field. They were missing they that... They say that every year. Yeah, except they do it when Ted Ginn is there, and then when he leaves, they don't. Also, Curtis Samuel might have a role this year. Okay. He was a nice little piece last season. Similar McCaffrey player also to Christian McCaffrey. Can't run between the tackles. Don't say can't. Well, he can't. He can't. Didn't yet. He doesn't, last year was his rookie season. He doesn't bring many tackles. He That's was true. seventh in yards per target of all running backs, by the way. Which, compared to how many like little screens he got to, is, is really good. So, yeah, he's an effective. He's very good in open space. But He's an open space player. As much as I... Don't agree with 
the extent of what Jason's saying about McCaffrey. I also do think he's being overdrafted. Do you think? All right, so where would you draft him? I, I'm not touching him in the first two. Right rounds. now, he's a third round pick, though. No, he's not. He's a second round pick. Second. Round Are you pick sure? Now. Yes. What's his ADP? Uh, probably like round two, pick four ish. I've been getting like him in the that. third round some in some fantasy pros mock drafts. Round two, pick four. Oh, two. Sorry, sorry. Round two, late round two, early round three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I was bugging in my mind. Like round three, I pick meant like four. round three, pick four. Right, yeah. right, right. I probably wouldn't. But he's going second round in a lot of drafts. So that too. means I can get if I'm picking fourth. You could David get, Johnson, Jordan Howard, Christian McCaffrey. Not taking that. No, I'm taking that all day, every day. No, all day, every day, I mean, every I'm day. Like, I'm liking the first two. <laughs> Honestly, I'd prefer the uh, McCaffrey gets a boost in PPR leagues. But. I might even rank Melvin Gordon. All right, Michael. So who's your? Let's we can talk about Christian McCaffrey honestly all day. Um, Michael, who is your overvalued player right now? Overvalued player. Y'all ready for this? Another receiver. Similar Hold to on. Sean Jeffrey. Wait, 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 wait. That was overvalued. I, TMC was my bust. <laughs> oh, he was a bust. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going overvalued. Well, overvalued is kind of bust. I mean, not really, because my overvalued guys. Jason. All right, whatever. Jason, well, Jason. I had TMC as a bust to clarify. Go, on, Michael. I'm ready now. You ready? Uh, Allen Robinson. Mm. ADP of 43. What? He's one of my overvalued guys. Yeah, he's one of my overvalued guys. Listen, he is going in the end of the third round, like (laughs) early-ish fourth round, right? Even though he, last year, he did not play. He had one catch for 17 yards, tore his ACL. Not a good look. Two years ago, he what? He had... 880 yards, 12 yards per reception, six touchdowns, brutal year. This is after having a ridiculous 2015 where Alan Hearns and Blake Bortles also had ridiculous uh, years. So look at his 2016 stats. He was ninth in targets. Despite Despite being ninth in targets on the year, he had the 34th most receiving yards. He was 24th in receptions despite the ninth most targets. 65th in yards after the catch. 21st in touchdowns, 11th in red zone share, and only had six touchdowns. 46th uh, overall in contested catch rate. Coming off a brutal ACL injury with uh, a young quarterback, Mitch Trubisky. I know, I mean, they just signed Trey Burton, so he's going to take some some of the passes away from him. Anthony Miller, I think they're going to use a lot. I just... I think Allen Robinson returns wide receiver two ish, like low end wide receiver two ish value, just because. That's even a stretch. That's it, yeah, low end wide receiver two to wide receiver three because of his role on that team. He's missed the entire offseason. He's on a new team, and he's missed the entire offseason. The Bears are insisting he'll be ready for training camp. Yeah. Do you I remember mean, what receiver last year went to a team without much time to learn the offense and struggled in it? Sammy Watkins, another guy that was drafted early. Because he's talented. Same shit here. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of Allen Robinson this year either. I think he's, big, he's just being team. overdrafted. The Jags saw him more than anyone. He was on the damn team. And they paid Marquise Lee almost as much as the Bears paid Allen Robinson. So it wasn't money that they let Allen Robinson walk for. The dude has he had a knee injury too. You have to question his ability to come back from that. And if you're the Bears, you make that deal because you hope it's an Alshon Jeffrey type deal. Yeah. But if you're if you're a fantasy owners, why you spend a third round pick on that type of risk compared to the type of reward you may receive is beyond me. I would not. It's just, such a you thing. have an unproven quarterback, you have an unproven new head coach, and as much as these things all ha- have the ability to blossom, they're really also you could look at it on the other end. It could fall on its face. So. Who knows? Uh, Allen Robinson, I agree. Overvalued. Jason agrees overvalued. Michael agrees overvalued. Um, one of my overvalued players, and I'm just going to do two in a row for me because they're both on the same team. Corey Davis, seventh pick. I mean, seventh round, fifth pick Couldn't is his agree average. More. Um, don't understand why he's going that high. Um, you're talking about a team where you're, you're not certain about the quarterback. You're not certain about the offense. You're not certain about the offensive line. You're not certain that they, you're not certain that they could turn it around. You're not certain about the running game. The only thing you are certain of is that they're a run-first offense. Right. And Corey Davis, he could be good, or he could continue to lose reps to other wide receivers that are there. Delaney Walker's there. Rashad Matthews is there. These are guys who have been in that offense for a long time. 
And Corey Davis is still trying to make his way in. And even when he was healthy last year, he didn't produce that well. He had one good game. People are pointing at his postseason production as if, yeah, he had two touchdowns. But he had 98 yards in two games. Whoop did he do? What am I going to do with that? What did he do? That because that's what people are pointing at. Oh, in ninety-eight yards. So what? And he yeah. has, and he has a quarterback where you need to be concerned that this quarterback might throw for one hundred and five yards this in a certain game. Yeah, it's possible. He's he's like a poor man's Russell Wilson in terms of that I because know. I actually really like Marcus Mariota this year, just not for Corey Davis. I mean, it could be he could be good. It's just it's a lot for me to take an unproven second-year guy coming off of injury who's injury-prone even in college. And then want him to be in the seventh round and that kind of production. Oh, I agree. And I'm going to stay in the same team. I think another overhead value player, Derrick Henry. I couldn't believe what I saw. Right now, going with the third pick in the third round. He's going third and fourth round OD. It's mind-boggling. It's crazy because Deion Lewis is going three rounds after him, and I'd rather have Deion Lewis on the squad. Because as Jason mentioned a couple weeks ago, 95% of the offense – that the new system is going to be Matt Lafleur's Matt Lafleur's new new offense. Thank you for for specifying that, Jason. Is tailored to Deion Lewis's strengths, and they had Derrick Henry in house, and they gave this dude five million dollars a year anyway. And that's a lot for running backs. That's a lot yeah. for running backs, and you gotta especially when it's a second running back. You got to follow the money here. This is a guy who's a proven winner. Derrick Henry couldn't even unseat a literally hobbling DeMarco Murray last year. When, and he had the opportunity to. Yeah. And Deion Lewis is a really good runner. People just, the people who just give him credit because he was on the Patriots weren't watching him run. Yeah. He could run between tackles, he could catch, he could run outside the numbers. He's, he's a beast. He's a solid I'm player. A big, people, I'm a big fan of him. He's a little small, so people underestimate him. Don't. I would much rather have Deion Lewis in the sixth round than anything to do with Derrick Henry in the in the in the third. And I was one of those people who last year was like, "Yo, Derrick Henry's gonna be my guy next year. He's gonna break out." Blah 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 blah. And then they signed Deion Lewis, and I can't I can't support it anymore. Michael, who's your second overvalued guy? My second overvalued guy. Timmy's not a big fan of this, I don't think, but it's it's Joe Mixon. His ADP is 27. 27. That's the beginning of the third round. That's like Jordan Howard territory. Joe Mixon is going where Jordan Howard is going, and his ADP is 27. Listen, I even got a side with CMC over Mixon, and that's saying something. (laughs) He had 178 rush attempts last year. He turned that into 626 yards. Yucker. Yucks. Three and a half yards per carry. That's 60th in the league. Yucker. That's like Yuck. number two running back on every team. He he only had 30 receptions last year, 278 Yuckers. yards. Yuck. <laughs> and we're not talking about number two running back in fantasy. We're talking about number two running back on the, in the NFL. He had, he had three drops last year, too. <laughs> His yards per target were 41st for Yuckers. running backs. Yuck. So he wasn't being passed the ball anywhere near... <laughs> Sorry, Michael's, Michael's so guys, off right now You're making me lose my train of thought Because <laughs> you're yuckers and shit Alright, all right, Michael, Joe Mixon, go ahead, we won't yuckers anymore He was 33rd in evaded tackles <laughs> Yuckers 22nd in yards created Yuckers <laughs> And he has an average at best O-line for an awful Bengals team I wouldn't not say average at best either That's an O-line that struggled all they year added, last year They added they Cordy did. Glenn and But Cordy Glenn also struggled in his time with the Bills yeah, It's not like they're adding Glenn a guy who's a definite Difference maker left. Also, drafted, say his name again. They drafted Billy Price Did in the first say his round name as again well real to be their center. Joe Mixon? No, no, the other guy. The Cordy line. Glenn? Cordy yeah, Glenn? exactly. Cordy. His name is Cordy. That's all you got to know. Oh, my gosh. Shut your face. <laughs> Here we go. Jason and his... Let me judge people by names. <laughs> Don't judge people by name. I'm then, joking. If you're a listener and your name is Cordy, I love you. What are the I hope we have a listener. If you have a listener named... If there's a listener named Cordy, hit us up on... Twitter at Brodo Fantasy. But dude, I see all these articles about how Joe Mixon's gonna break out. Listen, if he does break out, I'm gonna sound like an idiot because I'm just gonna keep shoving it down people's throat to not draft Joe Mixon this year. And it's gonna suck. But I'm like ninety eight percent sure he's not. Honestly, if you're drafting him in the second round, where he's going right now, early in third, order some people in the some second. people in the early third, in order from him not to be a bust. He needs to produce at an RB two level. Exactly, it's maybe not even, even a, an RB one level. It's not even a bust. Like 
in order for him to meet his value. Like, this is a perfect undervalue pick. Like, you need him to be his best self to get your return. And it, not for nothing, Gio Bernard was... Gio Bernard is good. He is Pretty good. solid last year when He's he just always injured, though. He was also great when he was the workhorse, when Mixon was hurt. That He was very great. He, I had him in my squad. He started two games last year. Two games. And he ended on the season with... We're talking about Gio Bernard now. Gio Bernard. 458 yards, which is four and a half yards per attempt. Almost a, a full yard more than Joe Mixon. Yummer. He also had 43 receptions for 389 yards. That's over 800 yards. Dude, I had Gio Bernard in my flex two years ago, and he would, give me, he would give me 10 points legitimately every game. Just I remember. We would lock it fun, in. We would make fun of you for it, but it worked. <laughs> lock it in. 10 points. He had 800 yards and four touchdowns after starting two games last year. I'm not saying he's going to unseat Joe Mixon, but would he it surprise should. me? No. Is he going to be playing on third downs? Yes. People don't learn. Joe Mixon was drafted this high last year, too. Yeah. And we said the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> The, I would stay away from Joe Mixon completely. And last year was when Jeremy Hill was still getting touches, too. All right, let's go to our... All right, let's get positive again, guys. Let's go to our sleepers. I'm going to start because, you know, I feel like starting. Wow, that's what you're going to go with. DJ Moore is one of my sleepers that I love. 10th round, 12th pick. I don't understand it at all. The Panthers obviously show no hesitation using their rookies. C, uh, CMC last year had 20% of their offense, and he was the most targeted player on the entire team wide receiver tight end doesn't matter um they're in desperate need for someone to fill that ted ginn void they thought curtis samuel could be that guy he wasn't they got hurt yeah well yeah i know but he wasn't still for whatever reason he was more of a gadget guy for whatever reason he wasn't the speed guy that they that they hired him to be all right jason you happy um look cam can throw the ball deep if there's anything they could do he can unleash a, a long one that gets on you in three seconds inaccurately listen he did it really well with Ted Ginn, and he can do it. And it's not inaccurate. He is inaccurate, except when he throws long passes, then he's pretty accurate. Um, DJ Moore, not just a deep guy either. He is extremely polished, extremely, extremely polished, as the Twins celebrate because Brandon Nimmo just hit a home run in the 10th. Walk off home run. They love Brandon Nimmo, these kids. Yeah, I'm sure you know. These, um, kids, these kids love Brandon Nimmo. DJ Moore is not just a deep guy. Like I said, he had bad quarterback play in Maryland. If you go back and watch him play in Maryland, and, I, and in order to prepare for this, I'm like, let me say some DJ Moore stuff. He made his bad quarterbacks look good more often than his quarterbacks made him he's look good. He's a talented guy. He's talented. He Steve Smith said he's the first guy that he sees as him. Since he left the Panthers, I am really... They're similar build. It makes sense. Yeah, and they have the similar kind of way. They're not just speed guys. They are polished route runners. They're not afraid to go over the middle. So I think because the Panthers are so amped to use rookies and because Cam Newton does have the ability to go deep, I think DJ Moore in the 10th round is a, like a really, really, really no-brainer. And I would even See, I would even venture to the 9th or 8th round to take him if you must. I like DJ Moore, but Cam Newton doesn't produce high-end receivers like he never really has a receiver better than like a middling wide receiver three on his team i mean t- ted ginn kelvin benjamin put was numbers too but that was all volume based dj Moore. that was all touchdowns dj Moore's not going to be going up for jump balls in the end zone well at the same time though ted ginn put up numbers that year he was a real he was a good option but and dj Moore is was, uh, in theory the most talented player he's played with but ted ginn was like a middling wide receiver three that year he just had some big games so yeah, DJ Moore is definitely more talented than Ted Ginn. No offense, Ted Ginn. He's Ted. Shout out to Ted Ginn for carving out a solid career. Fun fact about the Maryland Terrapins: they're uh, they're a turtle mascot. Me and Michael had them. Remember that we had that as like our we background like on our computer. We loved we like, the turtle. Oh, do you remember cool why? Because it was a turtle. Yeah. But do you remember why you love the, the Maryland Terrapins in general? I had some shorts. There are Maryland Terrapins shorts, and that's where how you guys saw the logo, and you loved them. You <laughs> loved it. It's so awesome. meant to be with Corey Davis, it's, it's not meant. Corey Davis. Like that guy doo-doo. I'm talking about uh, who are we talking about? <laughs> DJ Moore. I'm I'm gonna disagree here. I don't believe in Cam Newton, but you go ahead and draft him. I'll get my sleepers. Go ahead, See, Jason. Like, you so like who's your tenth round? So I who's one? Guys, Moore, I like over 12th. him. All right. Uh, Twelve, yeah. Marquis Lee, Chris Hogan, Michael Gallup, Chris Hogan for sure. I would take Lee and Hogan over him. Uh, let me just talk Gallup about those guys before I get to my sleeper real quick. Uh, Marquise Lee had two games last year below 45 yards. The Jaguars paid him to stay. All the receivers they have, they're all behind him. Marquise Lee is the number one guy. 
Bortles started throwing more last year. This guy can be a wide receiver too. And he's yeah. not being drafted like it. Chris Hogan is the number one on the Patriots right now. Give him some love. He's a red zone threat. And Michael Gallup can look, Alan Hearns is the most best competition. Michael Gallup is an athlete. He's been talked up nonstop in Dallas. He's someone that could take over the job. I mean, he's going to start probably. He's someone that could take over the number one job right away. And Dak Prescott throwing the ball. You can Someone's going to need to pat, pat, Michael Gallup is someone passes. I want at the end of drafts. But let me get to my actual sleeper pick. Honestly, I've done a lot of analysis for this episode. This was not one of them. It's just common sense <laughs> that is not so common at the moment. Geronimo Allison <laughs> is a starting wide Geronimo. receiver on a team led by Aaron Rodgers. And he's not being drafted in the top 36. With a question of I mean, the running game. Starting receiver might be a little bit of a stretch. It is. What do you He'll mean? He'll be starting on the outside. No. He's not, it's not like he's going to. He's a starting receiver. Randall Cobb is inside. He's not going to be on the field the full game. I mean, they'll have Devontae Adams. They'll have Randall Cobb in the I don't, slot. I don't know if, if the two wide receiver sets don't involve Allison. Yeah. Why would they involve Cobb instead? It's been Nelson and Adams all these years. I mean, this is something we're definitely going to. This is one of the, the backdraws of doing this in July. Because if we had some preseason tape to look at, we could tell you. But, I mean, history says that Randall Cobb plays a slot, and that's where he stays. Yeah. Right now, I'm all over Allison. I mean, he's going undrafted, so I'm cool with taking a shot on him. I don't know how he's going undrafted. I would rather have him over Cobb, and Cobb's going in like the ninth round. Jason just gave us some rock hard stats right there. Rock hard. (laughs) Michael, make me rock hard with your next. I got tired so, from the sleeper. <laughs> this is <laughs> research. <laughs> My favorite sleeper up to this point. Maybe it'll change. Maybe it won't. But here we go. Tyrell the Gazelle. Mm, Tyrell uh, Williams. So the interesting. Gardens. What about Mike Williams, man? You know what? You you think, and, I'll, and then I'll ask you your question. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Tyrell Williams is going undrafted. His ADP is two forty eight, so he's literally free. Listen. Hunter Henry's out. Antonio Gates is gone. Their next man up is Virgil Green. There's, it's not a threat. Henry and Gates took up 23 red zone targets last year. That's 23 red zone targets available. And Rivers, they, for Rivers to find in the end zone. The Chargers also used three wide receiver sets 81% of the time last year. Led the league. Tyrell Williams is going to be on the field all the time. Tyrell Williams last year also, without Hunter Henry... His touchdown rate doubled. And there's going to be no Hunter Henry the whole year this year. And in 2016, we all know what happened in 2016 when Tyrell was the main option there. Over 1,000 yards, 7 touchdowns, 15 yards per reception. Last year was a little slower, but he had 43 receptions last year, so not too many. He turned that into 728 yards and 4 touchdowns. That's 17 yards per reception, which is great. He was 61st in the league in targets. 37th in receiving yards. Huge gap there, positively. 14th in yards after catch. Four touchdowns despite only one red zone target all of last year with 23 red zone targets now opened up without Henry and Gates there. He was fourth in yards per target, so he's getting targeted downfield. He was ninth in yards of separation per target. Listen, as long as the targets are there, which I think they will absolutely be there this year. Tyrell Williams is going to be a wide receiver three. At least. So you think, is what about Mike Williams? Now I, there's my. I don't think anything about Mike Williams. First round pick last year, got hurt, comes back. How can you not start him opposite Tell that to of Kevin Allen? White. Tell that to Brashad Perriman. But those guys keep getting Tell that hurt. To Josh Doxson. What, what's wrong with Josh Doxson? I like Josh Doxson this year. He's been a bum the first like three years in the league. I mean, a bum. <laughs> Dude, the first round, first year receivers who have not produced in the last twenty years or so. In the last ten years, I gotta find the stat. I I don't have it on me right now, but uh, first round receivers who have produced at a low amount from injuries or because he was on the field and just weren't producing have a very low hit rate of even coming close to being a produced productive uh, a productive. So why Corey Davis in the seventh round and Mike Williams not even considered? I'm not drafting Corey Davis in the seventh round. But I'm just saying in general. Like, why are people so willing to give Corey Davis an extra shot and they're not give, willing to give Mike Williams that same shot? Because Corey Davis, Davis healthy and do it. He had 
some glimpses last year. I mean, Mike Williams had some glimpses. Uh, not Corey as Davis. not as Matt Lafleur is there. Corey Davis is kind of like the de facto number one. There's a lot more going Corey Davis's way. But I think the no tight end thing helps Melvin Gordon. It does. I mean, I also think it helps Tyrell Williams, which is why he's free, and I'm just gonna grab him wherever I can. Jason sleeper. Sleeper, sleeper. This one, uh, the loyal listeners know already because I brought this up at the end of last season. George, the Borge Kittle. Yeah, we're Borge. in the group chat, and Jason goes, "Motherfucker, don't steal George Kittle from me." Yeah, because you brought him up last week, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa it's my guy." <laughs> I love. I I like George Kittle a lot this He's year. He's such a value pick this year. It's unbelievable. Jimmy G, last year throwing to tight ends was amazing. Uh. What's it called? What am I, uh, last year in the semifinals, I started Garrett Selleck, and he scored a touchdown. And I said it. I said all week, Garrett Selleck's going to score a touchdown, and he did. Jimmy G is a part of the – he learned how to play quarterback from the Patriots. We all know what Gronk's doing in New York. Garrett – George Kittle is an athlete and a half. And last season, George Kittle – shout out to Chris Raybon on Twitter for this stat because this is impressive work. Kittle scored 0.3 PPR points per snap last year in that's, the five weeks with Jimmy G. That's ridiculous. Travis Kelsey was .028. Ertz was 0.26. Gronk was 0.25. What that's saying is for every three snaps Kittle was on the field, he scored a point. Every three snaps. That's crazy. For a tight end, too. And he only played 41% of the snaps after returning from injury last year. Now, you might say that's a downside, but that's because Garrett Selleck was there. He's mostly the uh, run-blocking guy, though. Uh, George Kittle is a pass-catching specialist there. So he was getting 70% of the work before he got injured. So if that number could go up again, and if he's on the field for that many more snaps a game and he's getting a point every three snaps, this guy's going to be a top 5 tight end. I, I can't I disagree. I can't agree with you. I think the tight end rankings right now are the most jumbled of anything. If, when I'm looking at the rankings from the fantasy pros, I think the tight end rankings have an have a ability... Minus the top three, where you assume Gronkowski, if they're healthy, Gronkowski, Kelsey, and Ertz are going to be in the top three. I'm probably throwing Kittle up there. Everyone else is a giant. It could be a them. giant shuffle buck. Yeah. Sh- yeah, really shuffle shuffle buck I'm, is not a word. Kittle will be in my top ten somewhere. I think I think you have a good shot. I have a sleeper. I bet you guys aren't looking at this guy because he's going in the 13th round with the ninth pick. Almost no one is looking at this guy. Jordan Matthews. This I'm guy's going to be the slot receiver for the Patriots, guys. Yeah, that's good. Jordan Matthews isn't someone I'm really targeting. That's enough. No, I'm down with that. Julian Edelman's not going to play for the first four weeks. This guy, Jordan Matthews, has been a number one receiver with the shittiest quarterbacks on earth. I'd 100% rather on Tyrell Williams than Jordan Matthews. Yeah. I will bet You're you telling, right now that Jordan Matthews Edelman outproduces Tyrell Williams. Edelman's out four games, right? Got another. Got Edelman's another out four games. Four right? games. Jordan Matthews can be your wide receiver three for the first four games. And on top of that, what if he produces? What if he... Yo, Edelman's, yeah. Edelman's 32 with injuries on the field. With an injury-prone history. And now he's and now he's hurt. And they lost Amendola. Matthews was, like, making history with what he was doing. Yes. All out of the slot. And guess what? The Patriots don't just get people. They get people with specialties. And they use those specialties. Jordan Matthews is a tall receiver who's fast, out of the slot. You don't find those every day. I agree. I like the pick here. And you have Tom Brady as your quarterback, and you're going in the 13th round. This, this, that has the opportunity to be the sleeper of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to agree with you there. Sorry. <laughs> Michael's Michael's jotting it down right now. Yep. Tyrell Williams After, versus Jordan Matthews. We're, already, we're at three bets so far. I say we tally. We just keep doing this at the end of the year. We have like a bet episode. Yeah, we'll without a doubt. Oh, we'll go through the bets, see who won. And Wait. whoever won, whoever does the worst has to do something. Whoever won gets something. I'm with it. Oh, then I need to make more bets. <laughs> we, let's make as many bets as possible. Michael, let's yeah. make a bet right now. Who's someone you're high on that I'm not? I don't know, dude. All right, they got to My next sleeper. I can just get into my next sleeper. Let's go, Michael. It's Rashard yeah. Matthews. I'm cool with him. I think Rashard yeah. Matthews has a good shot of outproducing Corey Davis. Why are people acting like his role is secure? He has a role in that offense. Yeah, it's been dude. the same for two years. Matt LaFleur is there. Uh, Sean McVay type of guy. So, which is another reason why I, I don't understand the Corey Davis hype because you saw last year in uh, LA with Sean McVay and you saw in Washington with Sean McVay 
that he doesn't target one receiver. Yeah. He just throws to the open guy. He gets people open. That's what he does. So you're not getting a number one receiver out of that, which is why I like Rashard Matthews this year because his ADP is 151. So you're getting him super late, around 12. And I think he could easily be a wide receiver three flex option weekly because if he could turn into a Robert Woods of last year, it's a steal. Last In his last five weeks uh, last year, he had 70 yards and a touchdown in three of the last five games. That's three games where he ended as a top 15 wide receiver. He ended 33rd in fantasy points per game last year, so he ended as a wide receiver three. He was 14th in yards per target, which is always great to see. And this is with the 42nd most targets of all receivers in the NFL. And with a QB and Mariota who had one of the lowest touchdown rates of any quarterback in the league last exactly. year. Exactly. And he he ended with 795 yards and four touchdowns. It's not going to blow you out of the water, but it's also nothing to to disregard as people are doing. I'm all over Rashard Matthews this year as like a wide receiver three flex option. Maybe more if he if he builds a rapport with Marcus Mariota even further. Jason, who is your final sleeper? I'm I'm all out of sleepers. Oh, you're all out of sleepers. Oh, we went over two each. Look at that. All right, that leaves us with only one. We're going to finish this one off with a bang. Bust, 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 bust. The busts. Michael. Buster fun. Start us off with your bust. My bust here, folks. I could go Ronald Jones, but I'm going to talk about why I don't like Ronald Jones in future episodes. You want to bet about Ronald Jones? What do you want to bet about Ronald Jones? I don't know. I'm not that high on him, but I don't think he's going to be bust. I think he'll be productive. He's not ending as a top 25 running back. Oh, yo, 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 yo. Let me get back. I'll to you. easily take that bet. Like right now, hundred dollars, bang. Hundred, hundred dollars. This guy's breaking the bank. Michael, tell us, tell us about your boy, bro. Leonard Fournette is my bust. Yeah, but the volume, bro. Because a running back with an ankle injury. But the volume. I know the volume, but look, he just simply just wasn't a very good running back last year. Rookie year, though. Like you look, and he's always a huge injury risk with the lingering ankle injury. And you look at the numbers on the surface, he ended with 1,300 total yards and 10 touchdowns, which is awesome, I know. But he was also on a team that ran the ball more than any other team in the NFL, had favorable favorable game scripts more uh, top five in the league. And despite that, he averaged, he averaged 3.9 yards per carry. Besides two, what was it, Jason? He had like two 80-yard rushing touchdowns. Yes. Which boosted his... Numbers like crazy. He was almost worse in the league after that. You can't completely disregard those two because they are 80-yard rushing touchdowns. You get those 14 points. But they're also pretty fluky. He had 4.4 yards per target, which is 41st. So he wasn't really super involved in the passing game. He was 21st in yards created per carry. So, I mean, he was just... Any way you look at Leonard Fournette, he was average at best last year. They gave Corey Grant... A bunch of money this offseason. So you figure he's going to be involved somehow. Grant is more efficient as well. Year. Yeah, Corey Grant, they loved what they saw out of Corey Grant. And they, they paid him for it this coming into this year. And I don't think Leonard Fournette is going to be outside the top 24 running backs. I think he's there's no shot he ends outside the top 24 running backs if he stays healthy. Injury risk there too. But I do not think he's a first-round pick, which he's... A consensus first round pick everywhere else, so I'm not gonna have any Leonard Fournette shares on my team. I think it's a little, uh, I think it's a little much. Rookie year, no quarterback, that has to be taken into account. I'm not drafting him either. Jason, who is your bust? He's Trent Richardson. Bust <laughs> is a strong <laughs> word. That that's Trent Richardson <laughs> is a strong word. He's not Trent. Richardson. Bust is a strong word. But I'm close. gonna go with Adam Thielen. Whoa. Oh, it's Whoa. right, man. Like, oh, I that, am that hurts not, me a little bit. You're, come I'm on. I'm not seeing the value here, man. Third like, round? I don't like this one bit. For a 27-year-old who's had one good season in his life? One good season. One great season, first of all. Second of all, consistently better every year. All Third right, of fine. all, he worked his way up from the practice squad. You got to respect the hustle. I, I, I do. Respect I'm a fan of his. But his best season last year was... He had 1,276 yards and four touchdowns. He's not a touchdown guy, so he needs the yards. His touchdown range is floor. His touchdown floor is low. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You got it. And now the quarterback is Kirk Cousins, right? And what does Kirk Cousins do? He spreads the ball. Name one wide receiver one under Kirk Cousins ever. Cricket. 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 This is... 
basically what I was just saying but about Corey Davis. But you're also talking about an offense where you made it very clear. Hold on. The wide receivers aren't used as much. And what did Jameson Crowder do at that time? But what I'm saying is now Pat Shermer is gone. Pat Shermer was a... You sure Deshaun Jackson didn't have a... Use the two guys. He was the... Use Diggs, Rudolph, and Thielen. Not anyone else, basically. But now Shermer's out of town. Dalvin Cook's coming back. Kirk Cousins can throw the ball deep better than Keenum. That suits Stefan Diggs' uh, skill suit better than Adam Thielen. No, Stephon Diggs Thielen was used... targeted 140 times last year. Seven... Stefan Diggs was used a lot in the slot last year running drag routes and shit. I watched... Vikings games. No, yeah, and, then, owner, and I was pissed about the way they were using him. Yeah, and then at the end of the season, he went to the outside. They had them around the formation all year, but Diggs went out to the outside. Kirk Cousins is a better deep thrower than Keenum. Thielen's not going to get 140 targets. But again. Thielen just gets open. But he's not going to get 140 targets again. He's not going to reach 1,300 yards. And his touchdown floor is low. He's not a touchdown guy. He's not a big guy that's going to box you out in the end zone and catch a touchdown. He has to catch it and run in. It's hard for me to or see. Or he needs to get it off a of play action at the three-yard line. It's hard for me to see Jameson Crowder have the success that he has had and then not think that it could translate itself to Adam Thielen. That's what I'm saying. Bust is a strong Plus. word. Yeah. But what just, I'm saying here is his third-round value, you're, he's either going to meet it or he's not going to meet it. He's not exceeding that's it. That's ceiling is what you're saying. Yeah, yes. I understand. So you're drafting him at his that. ceiling, which is never a good idea. Yes. If there's one thing I could say, when I'm when I'm looking when I'm evaluating players, and we're gonna come out with ranking soon, when I'm evaluating players, I have three things that I look at. Number one, their talent. Number two, their circumstance. Number three, their situation. And when you're talking about talent, Thielen has it. Situation, Thielen's in a good one. But now what are the circumstances? What are the things around him? He has a new quarterback, he has a new offensive coordinator. And it's last year, it is a lot. The circumstances are questionable. So if you wanna, if you are really looking at him to to draft in the third round, second round as your wide receiver one, it's tough. It's tough for me to take him as wide receiver one. I prefer Stephon Diggs. A lot of people are saying that Stephon Diggs is the next Antonio Brown, and if you look at the numbers earlier in their career, it's pretty comparable. Yeah, I love me some Stephon Diggs. I, I like them both, honestly. I can see what Jason's saying. I can see Diggs outperforming Thielen. I think it's a bit of a toss-up between those two, and Diggs is cheaper. So if I had to choose, I'd probably go after Diggs a round or two later. So th- but I'm not technically against taking Thielen. To finish it off, I'm going to give you guys my bust. And usually when I tell someone I'll give you my bust, they're not, they're not very <laughs> excited about this. But uh, you're going to be excited about this one. LaShawn McCoy. Dude. LaShawn McCoy is 30 years old. All right, he will be 30 years old in a couple days. That's the hill. That's the hill. On top of that, he just beat up his dog and his girlfriend. Yeah, allegedly. All so I shoes. follow this dude that I told Jason about, uh, Benjamin Albright. He's like some Denver reporter or something who has like these sources where he everything he tweets is true. It's mind-boggling to me. Like he was tweeting about the draft out. He tweeted like the day before the draft, the Jets are taking Darnold, things like that. And I was like, this guy has his sources. And he tweeted, uh, this is bad, jail time bad, Ooh. and deleted it two minutes later. Ooh. And then apparently he said that he'll, if he's putting it uh, behind like a paywall, like people pay him if they want to hear more about it. Interesting. So it's not looking good if I'm trusting that guy, which he's... Right, pretty often. And let's let's forget about the legal troubles for right now, right? You're talking about a team that has a rookie quarterback at best, at worst, a quarterback that couldn't beat out Andy Dalton, <laughs> and then your best receiving options are Zay Jones and Kelvin Benjamin. The Bills are so bad. And then your offensive line is completely reshuffled. That you're talking about a team that's not going to have any of their starters that started on the offensive line in the same spots as they were last year, this year coming in. A completely new offensive line, no weapons on the outside, and a rookie quarterback at best. What's their over-under in Vegas, dude? I got to go bet the under. I want to. Can Vegas. we go to Jersey? I need to go. Raiders under 8.5 is the easiest money I'll ever make in my life. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. I'm down to take a ride. To yeah, I'm down to take a ride to Jersey, too. I got soon, guys, soon Jersey will have mobile betting. When mm. we're in Jersey, we'll be able to do Well, I'm putting my money on LaShawn McCoy. We've got to go to Jersey on Football Sunday. Now I'm with you, Tim. 
So that is our bus episode Real and quick. our sleepers and undervalue overvalue. Jason, go back ahead. up on the Bills, Chris Ivory. Keep that in mind. Former check, great. Hmm. Chris, see a a Chris Ivory type runner in this shitty system is more appealing than a Lashawn McCoy type, in my opinion. Because really Chris sure Ivory is. He's the guy that just runs into a pile. Right. He runs into a pile and gets three, four yards and then does it again and again and again and again and again. And there's going to be a lot of piles. Ends with and with 22 he's, rushes, 71 yards and yeah, a touchdown. Exactly. Exactly. And he's strong enough to do that. He's strong enough to fall forward every time. That's what Chris Ivory does. He falls forward. I like Chris Ivory, man. Yeah, man. Hard work and grit, that man. <laughs> All right. Michael, if they like you, where can they find you? At Mike underscore Patrop. Ronald Jones is going to outscore Marshawn Lynch. You want to make that bet? No, Marshall Lynch is an old bum. Tim? Jason? <laughs> where could they find you? Jason Petrop. What? At Jason Petrop. At Jason. Don't I forget do the at, Lynch bro. It's 2018. Even though Muscle Hamster is there, so. The Guys, we're are, not talking fancy football anymore, man. Dude, the Raiders, though. John Wait till Green next week. Just loves old Shush. stuff. Sorry. Shh. I'm sorry. We can't stop talking fantasy. If you want to follow us and ask us some questions about fantasy, at Tim Petrop, but only if you're feeling real, real. Frisk. Real, real. We're probably going to make an Instagram soon, and then you could we could do the ask us a question thing. <laughs> we have a lot of things coming in the works. Sure. We're going to, as the football season comes to fruition, we're going to see more and more of an idea of what we're talking about in terms of the expansion of Brodo. Uh, we hit a milestone today in terms of views, so shout out to the people who have been listening to Brodo and spreading us and spreading yeah. that positivity. Also, remember, at Veterans Minimum, at San Agato Studio is the hubs, at the Generation Bet for everything betting and daily fantasy we're more on the yearly fantasy side here and did we even say at brodo fantasy we did at brodo fantasy for the whole squad just in case we didn't say it and with that we will see you next time and we'll probably just keep talking fantasy when we press stop that's right see ya later draft rush goodle